Recorded live. Good morning. What a beautiful day. I'm just rejoicing right now. I've heard a great testimony this morning, and I'm just rejoicing how God moves mightily across all of the nations. He's just touching every nation. He's touching people's lives like never before. So it's me, it's Gabriella with Strong Eagle Ministries, rejoicing. So I hope you're rejoicing with me. It's like Pastor Paul said in Philippians, he said, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. You know, it's time to rejoice, even so things may not be all that wonderful in your life. But we can always rejoice in the Lord because he's worthy and he is our anchor you know, I received last week um, or a week before then, two weeks ago, time is just really flying, isn't it? I was receiving a, um, a prophetic word, and it mostly talked about me being like a train. And it's really, you know, the Lord speaks my language, and it really spoke to me because I'm on trains in Europe a lot. And I go here from here to there on trains, on those bullet trains that go really fast. And a lot of times, you know, if you have to go through the mountains and you go through tunnels. And the prophetic word was talking about me being a train and just uh, the train has a lot of people in it. And it transports people, but it's also on track, you know, and I just really sense that I'm on track with the Lord. I'm not being derailed, and that's part of the message I want to release to this morning about being derailed, um, but we're on track. We want to stay on track, and if you think about it, when we travel on those through the tunnels or we travel on a train, there's double tracks, so it, it's, it's rather dangerous if we run only on a single track. You know, that's why God has given us double tracks. And there is safety when we're on both of the tracks. You know, and the two tracks, they represent the Word and the Spirit for me right now. You know, we need the Word, but we also need the Spirit. The Bible says that the Word of God, you know, it, it, um, the knowledge can puff up. If we only have the Word of God and we just have knowledge, that can really puff us up. But we need the Holy Spirit. We need the revelation and the truth of the Holy Spirit. And it should always be the Word and the Spirit. Because we can become very religious if we only have the Word and we pound the Word. But when we have the Spirit of God and when we have the gifts of of the Spirit and we have also the fruit of the Spirit, all nine of them in Galatians 5, which, you know, is love, joy, peace, and all of the others, <clears throat> then we it's like um, we are on the two tracks and we really are that safety. We have the Word and we have the Spirit and we can just, we will not be derailed. We will Stay on track in the Lord, and I believe that's when we're laying hold of those two realms. You know, it's like in a spiritual, it's two realms, and uh, the Word and the Spirit, and we may say we have laid down God's tracks, you know. We just keep on 
staying on the track and we continue to fulfill what he's called us to do. And, you know, we also go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And for the last two weeks, you know, I've been dealing with the tracks, with the train, and there's so much more not to we not to be have a tunnel vision when we're in a tunnel. All we see is the negative that we really have to focus on what God has given us and we focus on the light of Jesus Christ, the light that is all around us, the light that is within us, that we are the light of the world just like he is the light. So we focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, we say so eloquently, but not to become that we have tunnel vision. A tunnel vision can take us off if we only focus on the negative. And I'm going to go into details about all of that. Um, but the faith is impossible because the last two weeks or so, I kept hearing our faith is under fire. And also yesterday I was thinking about, well, the faith is under, uh, under fire, but we also have our faith in the fire, in the fire of God, the refiner's fire. So I just want to unpack that a little bit that I have received from the Lord because faith is under fire. You know, the Bible says that uh, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on this earth? And that's what we want to see, that there is still faith in us, that our faith is being strengthened that we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And that's, that's, that's the essence. That's what keeps us going every day. That's what keeps me going, that faith that I have in Christ Jesus. That faith, you know, even Peter, his faith was stretched when he had to walk on the water. You know, I want my faith to be stretched in other words, it's, it's like a muscle. If you have muscles, if you never use your muscles, they become atrophy. I think it's the English word. They become weak. But we, uh, we, it's, you know, faith is almost like a muscle. Even like your prayer time is like a muscle. We exercise it and it becomes stronger. So when Peter's faith was stretched, it became stronger when he walked on the water. And, you know, he had to trust in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he watched that when the bread and the fish were multiplied right in front of his eyes, so that stretched his faith and it strengthened his faith. And also when he saw, when he found that coin in the fish's mouth to pay the taxes, where Jesus told him, just go and find the first fish, <laughs> there's a coin in his mouth, and that's how you can pay the taxes. So I'm telling you, our faith, when we just walk by that faith, when we just walk by the faith of God, and you know, in Hebrews 1.16, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And those who know that he is, and that those who diligently seek him, you know, when we diligently seek him, our faith is also increased because we know that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he rewards us with a strengthened faith and with more glory to walk in when we diligently seek him. So that's powerful right there. Um, 
You know, we also see in 1 Corinthians 13, the last part, it talks about faith, hope, and love. And we need to have the faith. We need to have the hope. The hope in Christ Jesus is like an anchor. We anchored in that hope. We anchored in the faith of God. And we have the love of God. It's, it, this is, these are like foundational things. And we know that faith and hope will pass away, but love will remain ultimately. So we are standing. That is like a strong foundation that we can stand on is his, the faith that we have in him, the hope that we have in him. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory, the love that we have, that unfailing, un- unending, and undying um, love that we have, the agape love, the true love of Christ that we have, that we're rooted and grounded in his love, and that we know without a shadow of a doubt that nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing to come, nothing that is right now, no diseases, no onslaught of the enemy, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. It is sure. It is a sure thing. And we can stand on it and have a true foundation to walk on. You know, people get sometimes so unsure and sometimes people think we attack them when we bring the word of God. But we have to understand that um, that when we are founded on the strong foundation of faith, hope, and love in Christ, that we cannot be moved. But others are moved by just any wind of doctrine that blows their way or anything that's happening in their life, they're moved by it. They are getting derailed and off track, so to speak. But we stay on those tracks. We stay stable in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can have, we could be, I want to use that word tolerance right now, because tolerance doesn't mean that we just let everything happen around us and we agree just to anything. No, tolerance goes deeper. If you really research that word, I researched it last night and it was interesting to me that this word goes a little bit deeper than just, um, you know, allowing everything around us and saying yes to just anything, be tolerant to anything. No, it is to really get to know other people, where they're coming from, and that we are listening to them. But because we are on the stable foundation, whatever they're believing in or whatever they're telling us will not derail us in our faith, but in turn, we can have the right words to speak to them in due season. Because, you know, the Lord said to us that morning by morning, we, he will wake us with the words that we need to speak for that day. And so we have the words of wisdom. We can ask God's wisdom and we can speak to them in a way where we, first of all, we try to understand where they're coming from. We try to understand that right now they're insecure and they may lash out on me, but I don't take any of those offenses. See, the the tactic of the enemy is that we're offended and we may become bitter what somebody else says to us or how they receive us. But again, we are rooted and grounded in God's love. So that's like a shield around us. 
that it, it cannot embitter us and it cannot hit us in our heart, deep in the deep down inside of us, because we're secure in Christ. And and in turn we can speak to them the words of life. You know, Jesus said that this the spirit is brings life. The spirit brings revelation. And the word profits nothing. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we are life givers. Everything that we speak by the spirit of God will uh, bring life to someone else. So we have to be wise in what we're releasing at the moment not to hurt them, not just to bash them with the scripture. You know, I've I've heard people say to me, all they do is just fling scripture at me and it just hurts. Well, that means that they just releasing the word, but there's no spirit, there's no love. You know, faith even works through love. So we have to have love and we have to be those life givers and we bring the life of Jesus Christ. Remember John 10.10, 10, it talks about that the enemy, the thief, thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus Christ to give us, came to give us life, and life more abundantly. So we receive that abundant life, and that's exactly what we give to other people. So there is life around us, People flourish around us. I flourish, and glory be to God. I just pray that that's just going to sink into us very deeply into the bottom of our hearts that we understand how we just release this life and love of Christ, and it brings an abundance around us. It can shift atmosphere around us. It can shift people who were walking in death, that they come to life, that we call them back to life, hallelujah, in some of these areas where they're struggling, that we are, that they're awakened to the life of Jesus Christ in that area, and that we prophesy to those dead bones in our brethren, in people that we meet every day. We prophesy to those dead bones to come alive in Christ, and that the breath of God will come upon them to bring them to life. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I just, um, let me see. I'm getting ahead of myself here. There's so many different scriptures that are in my heart and all around me. But one of them is um, because we are talking about faith and that our faith is under fire. And let me just um, share with you what I was prophesying yesterday, I was in Jacksonville and I was going to the north side of Jacksonville and we have a really huge bridge that goes from where I live in Jacksonville, kind of near the beach, um, in, onto the north side and the, it's called Damesport Bridge. It's really a high bridge. And I was just prophesying, you know, and I was prophesying, pursue and overtake the enemy. Pursue and overtake the enemy. It's time for us to overtake the enemy. 
by faith. And yes, our faith is under fire, but that very fire that is trying to quench, squelch, and subdue the faith in us is designed and becomes the very fire that that will refine us as the refiner's fire that God is sending. Amen? Our faith that is more precious than silver and gold, our faith that is under fire will come forth and burning brightly and it's stirred up. That faith is stirred up. The fire of God is round about us and his glory is in our midst. Hallelujah. Our faith may be under fire, but our faith is rising up and spiritual searches are taking the nations by storm. Those spiritual searches are going all over the place, hallelujah, and it's going to take the nations by storm. Actually, a firestorm is being released through the fathers, sons, and daughters that are on fire in him, and they're bringing in the end time harvest. That firestorm that is released, The fire that God is releasing is going to bring in the end time harvest and it's bringing in the one billion youth that we've been believing for and a firestorm, that firestorm is released right now in Jesus' name. And the kingdom of God is expanding all over the nations and the bride of Christ is making herself ready and the bride is bringing the fire of God and they're releasing that very fire that is burning up the enemy, hallelujah. That fire of God that burns up the dross, that burns up the fiery onslaught of the enemy, that's by the fire of God once and for all. It's burned up. The fiery onslaught is burned up by the the fire of God once and for all. He will have the nations as his inheritance, like it says in Psalm 2. God will have, Jesus Christ will have the nations as his inheritance. And his children are the ones that are rising up with the fire in their eyes, just as Jesus has the flaming fire in his eyes. And he's being released. It's being released all over the nations. God will have his inheritance. Again, he will have his inheritance. The king of this, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Amen. So walk in it right now. Be strengthened. Strengthen your faith. Pump those muscles. Allow your faith to be strengthened supernaturally right now. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking about Daniel 3.25, you know, where it says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks at the, as the son of God. That is Jesus Christ. When the three Hebrew lads, lads were in the fire, in that fiery furnace, hallelujah, there was a fourth man in the fire with them. And that fire, they were unbound and unharmed. They didn't smell like fire. They didn't didn't look like they were in the fire. But Jesus Christ was in the fire in them. And because of them walking through that fiery furnace, hallelujah, they always, they even upped the ante. They even had that fiery furnace even be more fiery before they threw those three in. And, And I tell you, that was a test 
testimony unto our God because they proclaimed before they were even going into the fire, they said, you know, that our God is well able to take us. And even if he doesn't, he is still, he's able to release us from that. And I'm paraphrasing right now, but you can look it up in Daniel 3. So praise God that we have that fire of God that is being released out of our mouth And the the same fire, that flame of fire that was in Jesus' eyes that we could look, that we could read in Revelation 1, his eyes were like a flame of fire. We have the same flame in us, that fiery passion for the world, the fiery passion for the inheritance of Jesus to come to him, for the the billions of people to come to know Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and to set the captives free, hallelujah. But I just want to come down now to the practical because of all the trials and testing. And in James 1, thank you, Jesus. And in James 1, we can read about, let me just go to James 1. Hallelujah. My brethren, count it all joy. That's James 1, 2. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So this is right there, count it all joy. Rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. So when you rejoice and you count it all joy, even when these fiery trials come upon you, you can focus on Jesus and you can focus on what he's doing in you, that that patience will have his perfect way, you know, that you will be lacking nothing when you go through it and you allow it to to refire you and to refresh you and to restore you and re-change you from the inside out to transformation. Um, Then also in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, and this you greatly rejoice though, now for a little while, if be you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Amen. You know, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And here they're they're rejoicing with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So we truly are going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. That, you know, the genuineness of our faith, it has to be tried by fire. And all of all of our faith, everything that we do by faith, it's first tried by fire, and so our faith may be under fire, but we're being tried by fire. So actually, it's it's all to the good. It's all going to turn around for good. Romans eight twenty eight. 
God is turning around everything for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So we have that promise that he will turn it around for good as we allow that fire to come and to, um, you know, burn up the dross so that we become more like gold, that we become more like Jesus. And we just ask him for help. We ask him to remain in him and to remain and abide in him because that is where we need to be. And during those fiery trials, we abide in him and we remain in his love and we remain, you know, we we fulfill and we as we if we are his true disciples, Jesus said, you will remain in my word. You know, so we remain in his word. We keep on keeping on every day to go back into his word and just receive what he has for us, the word of life, the word of truth. He is the bread of life, Jesus Christ, and he is the living word. So he brings life to us. And then coupled with the Holy Spirit, it is definite life and more abundantly. Hmm. You know, he's also given us the keys to the kingdom, and that is one of the keys that we abide in him, that we can bound those things and we that are not allowed here. You know, we are the ones in our sphere of influence that we, he says, you know, whatever is bound, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And what I see years ago, I was trying to really understand that. And he said, well, it's very simple. If you talk to your children and you in your household, that's where you're in charge. You know, your husband, if you're married, your husband and you, you're in charge, so to speak. And it's either you allow something or you don't allow something. And so what I could see is we want heaven on earth. So I could see in the kingdom of God, I could see what heaven is all about. And so I don't allow down here in my sphere of influence what is not allowed in heaven. So I bind it and I say to my children, no, this is not allowed. And so I could just tell the enemy, no, this is, you are not allowed here. No, I do not allow you to do this in my sphere of influence. And I mean, this is very simple right now, but um, the gospel is simple. So I don't allow him to move here. I don't allow him to be here. I don't allow him. So I bind that and I tell him no, just like I would tell my children, no, you're not allowed to do this in this house and you're not allowed to do this in your life ever. (laughs) So I bind it what's already bound in heaven. I don't allow it. But see, I loose on earth what's already loosed in heaven. I lose kingdom manifestation. I lose the manifestation of heaven, the healings, the signs and wonders, you know, the whole uh, fruit of the Spirit, the, the gift of the Spirit. I allow this in my sphere of influence. I, I allow kingdom manifestations wherever I go So whatever is already in heaven, I now declare it and allow it on earth. So I loose it on earth. I loose it in every situation that pertains to me. Hallelujah. And even if I pray and intercede for nations or for the people in the nations, I release heaven. I release and allow what heaven and I 
declare what heaven is speaking over these nations. Man, this is awesome. (laughs) Glory be to God. Now I just want to get into the tactics of the enemy. So there's four different ones. First of all, he's trying to always delay. You know, he's trying to weaken us and wear us out. Even in the book of Daniel, 10 to the 14, it says that in the last days that the enemy will try to wear out the saints. So how does he do it? A lot of times things seem to be delayed and we're trying to wait on it, but it seems like it's never going to come to pass. Every prophetic word that was spoken, some of them, For decades, I've been waiting for them to come to pass. So there is a delay. And also in the book of Proverbs, it talks about that, um, let's see, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So, um, you know, hope deferred, things that we're hoping for, if they just do not come around, if it's just not happening in our lives, it can make our heart sick if we're not careful. So, we do not want to fall into that trap of the enemy. And the way we just um, come against that, the way we overcome this trap of the enemy is instead of trying to focus on the delay and bemoan everything that has not happened yet, we focus on the promises of God instead. And we do it daily. And we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first And then we know that all these things will be added unto us. But see, our focus is on him and not on the other things that have not even come to pass yet. So that's why he says to us, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, love himself, love him first and foremost, and also return to your first love if All the things that you always focus on is the delay. And that will bring actually a disappointment. And that's another one of his um, ways of distracting us. You know, he brings disappointment. He tries to bring an offense, which, you know, when we're offended, then we can become bitter. And in Romans 12, it talks about that root of bitterness that can spring up within us and that can defile many. So we really need to remain in in him and not allow these disappointments or these offenses. You know, maybe we're offended by what other people are doing or not doing that they should be doing. (laughs) But if we take on those offenses, or sometimes, I mean, in the past, I have taken, uh, taken on to myself the offense of some other person I take it on and that was wrong because it can really cause me to become bitter and when that root of bitterness you know when a root is goes deep in us you know it has big old tap roots and it will everything that comes out of me is then bitterness and that bitterness is gushing all over other people, and it will defile them. So no, 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 all these roots, and I pray right now, if there's any root of bitterness in us, that the Lord will bring his light and shine upon it. If there's any offenses, 
that we have allowed in our lives that that he takes right now the axe to the root of that and that he severs it and pulls out the root, the tap root. The tap root is being pulled out right now in the name of Jesus and we are free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We are free from those tap roots. We are free from the offenses. We are free from any kind of bitterness right now in the name of Jesus. So these offenses that we know that we're not in that bitterness anymore. So we are overcoming any kind of disappointments. We are overcoming any kind of delay, you know, and the deceit that we're not derailed by any kind of deceit that the enemy wants to bring to us, that we moved by faith alone and not by legalism, not by religion, that we are only staying in the truth because, you know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and that we do not fall to the lies of the enemy, that we do not believe the lies of the enemy because the only thing that he has is deceit. The only thing and the only weapon that he has against us is deceit. So, you know, we overcome him. Revelations 11:12. they overcame him. He's the accuser of the brethren. So we do not accuse others. We're not falling into the path. We're not derailed by accusing others now as he's accusing them. But we're walking on track with Jesus. And so they overcame him. So we overcome him by the, the blood of the Lamb. So we're being washed by the blood. Every deceit is exposed. We confess our sins. Then he's faithful and just. And that's in 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the blood of Jesus, you know, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. So we have the blood. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We testify of what Jesus has done in our life. We are witnesses unto him. And we have received power when the Holy Spirit came upon us to be a witnesses to him. And we do not love our life unto the death. In other words, we release our life to him we, and we give our lives for his sake, and we don't try to hold on to our life. We're not afraid. There's no fear. Hallelujah. And we just, you know, we, our, his praise is continuously on our lips instead. I've just been singing that every day. So delay, distraction, deceit. And then we have another one, and that is disappointment. We already know, we talked about disappointment, delay, disappointment, deceit, and the fourth one is distraction. You know, the distraction, the enemy is trying to distract us and take away our focus and keep us busy and concentrated on things that we shouldn't be busy about right now. Um, I'm thinking about right now what comes to mind is Mary and Martha. You know, Mary was really upset. She was busy in the kitchen. He was, she was busy 
busy doing many things. And here Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she was receiving from him. And Mary said, wow, my goodness, you know, why do you allow her just to sit sit around? <laughs> I'm running around and doing it all. And uh, why is she just sitting there? How crazy is that? But the Lord said, you know, Martha, Martha, you are busy and distracted with many things. But, you know, Mary right here sitting at my feet, you know, she's doing that one thing that will never be taken away from her. She's receiving from me. She's receiving life right now. And she's doing what she's supposed to do. And so, you know, I could see that, that we can be so distracted and we could be so busy with so many things. And lately, I've, well, for quite a while now, I'm learning not to be distracted. I'm learning not to say yes to just anything that comes to me. Even speaking engagements, I had to say no to many things because it's not that it was a good thing, but it was just not my thing for right now. You see, it was not what I was supposed to be focusing on because right now I'm. sometimes I have to wait on the Lord, you know. I mean, Soaring Eagle Ministries was founded on Isaiah 40:31. Those who wait upon the Lord, and some scripture says those who uh, trust in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will mount up or soar on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. So if I hope in the Lord, if I trust in the Lord, if I wait on the Lord, you see, then I will renew my strength. And that strength is God's strength. But I don't want to do things by the arms of the flesh, or I don't want to just do something just because of the gift that is within me. I have a gift to preach. I have gifts given by God, but I also need the Spirit to um, carry me and not to exhaust me. So it has to be done by the Spirit, amen? Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So we have to do it by the Spirit. And Mary was sitting and receiving, and she, when she got up, you know, she didn't sit there for the rest of her life, but she got up and then she did what she was supposed to do. She was not being derailed. She was on track. And she was on both of those tracks. The Word, the Living Word, and the Spirit. Hallelujah. (laughs) This really works with this um, train thing here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. My goodness. Bubble, bubble, bubble. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living waters. So let's not be distracted. Let's not be derailed. Let's not take our focus off him. You know, as a train on the tracks, there's a set course. You know, when I go travel from Frankfurt in Germany to Paris, France, that train takes me on those tracks from one point to the next point and it's on course and I know where this is 
this train is taking me. You know, a lot of times when you get into the train or sometimes you get into um, the airplane, they always make sure to tell you, you know, you are heading towards such and such place. This train is heading to Paris or this flight is going to New York or whatever. And so you know, okay, this is the place I want to go. So I'm in the right train or I'm in the right on the right flight. <laughs> I don't want to fly to New York and all of a sudden I end up in Boston or <laughs> or San Diego or whatever. I want to be on that right track. And that's how it is, you know, we walk circumspectly Ephesians 5 knowing the will of the Father and you know the days are evil that we're in, but he's redeeming the time for the days are evil. So I think the evil of those days would be if we distracted. The evil of those days would be if we are derailed. The evil of these days would be if we're running into the wrong direction, you know, and walking circumspectly means we're walking as wise people. We have the wisdom of God that we can obtain from God in James 1. If you need wisdom, ask him. He'll give it to you freely. So you don't want to be derailed by not having his wisdom. And then also you are walking circumspectly, not as a foolish person. You know the will of the Father, so you continue in the will and purposes of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to keep, I think that's it for today, because there's so much more I want to add to this, but there's always another message. But I just want to encourage you, that whatever you see around about you, even the church, all the difficulties that you may see around about you, don't be disrailed, don't be dis- uh, disappointed by it, don't be, you know, be deceived by it, um, don't be deceived by any delays in your life, don't allow disappointments to overtake you, but overcome it by the word of the of your testimony. And, um, you know, remember what Jesus Christ said to Peter even. That's in Matthew 16, 13. Starts in that. Um, where, where Paul, uh, where Jesus asked, you know, what, who do you say that I am? And I know what the world, the people in the world say that I am. But who do you say I am? You know, and, and Peter had that revelation from God. It was not revealed to him by flesh and blood, but he had to have a revelation from the Father to say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, where should we go? I mean, you have the words of life. So he recognized that. And, you know, Jesus said that on this rock, Peter, on this rock, I mean, the word, his name Peter means the rock, but also, you know, we talk about the rock, the stone, the cornerstone, that stone that was um, hewn out in Daniel, that 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 stone actually represents Jesus. But it's also, yeah, it represents the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Peter had that revelation, who Jesus Christ is. And on that revelation, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when I look at the church or what's going on around about me, I always declare that word because Jesus is rebuilding his, he's building his church. And, and that rev- revelation that we need the wisdom, we need the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and knowing that he is building the church, including us, because <laughs> we belong to the church. We belong to that fellowship. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. Father, I pray that this word is going deep inside of us, God. Father, I thank you that everything that was planted, every seed that was planted in our hearts today, that it's sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the enemy will not be able to snatch that seed away from us, but that that very seed of the living word will come to full fruition in our lives, that we will walk it out in our lives and we will release it to others, Father. I thank you that we have the word and the spirit that brings life, life everlasting. And Lord, I thank you that today will be a special day. Today, we will even feel the keys of the kingdom in our hearts and in our in our hands, so to speak, that we will bind those things that are not of you and that we lose the heaven, heaven on earth, the kingdom of God in our influence, in our sphere of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk to you soon. Blessings.